And most recently, I just, I ran into this issue saying, okay, no matter how much great content we create, I keep hitting my head against the wall, being able to use it, being able to really maximize the use of it because it, it, it goes into this little silo, this little black box of a podcast or of a video that kind of has one use. How do I really wring out the value, really get it in the hands of my sales team, my marketing team, my customer success team, my leadership team to get as much value out of it as possible, to really provide access to the people who need it and then to understand how it's performing. Surely there has to be something out there. There has to be a platform uh, that we could buy that can do this and there wasn't. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today how Lindsay Chepkema envisioned a platform to help marketers amplify audio and video content. All this and more on Code Story. Lindsay Chepkema is married with three kids living in Indianapolis. Her children are all boys, and she lovingly describes them more like bear cubs that don't actually walk anywhere, they just kind of roll around and growl. They've been known to have many a family night playing Mario Kart or watching the Avengers movies. Lindsay has been a B2B marketer for over 15 years. While working in the space, she wanted a platform to help her maintain, manage, and make the most of audio and video content made for her company. When she looked around for a solution, she couldn't find one. So, of course, she and her co-founders decided to build their own. This is the creation story of Casted. Casted is a software platform made specifically for B2B marketing teams, specifically in mid-market to enterprise and across any industry, but really that that larger to very, very large company um, and the marketing teams that support them. And really what we exist to do is to help those teams harness the power of audio content like this, you know, podcasts uh, and video content, whether that's um, video captured from live events, virtual events, webinars, um, customer success stories harness the power of it, uh, not only to interact with their audiences and make real connections with, with the humans in their audiences by you know, publishing it, but to also use it across other channels. So how can, you, how can you not only capture that content and publish it, but how can you break it down into smaller pieces, use it across different channels, um, get it in the hands of your sales team to expand the reach of that content uh, and therefore get more value out of it, get more connections out of it with real people, uh, and then measure it in ways that matter. Not only, hey, was this really good marketing content, but is it driving real measurable revenue? Is it driving real results for the business? How it came to be is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm 15 years as a B2B marketer. I spent my whole career in B2B marketing, always on the content and brand side of things, creating content like this uh, for the various large and, and small brands and agencies that I was working with. And most recently, I just I ran into this issue of saying, okay, no matter how much great content we create, I keep hitting my head against the wall, being able to use it, being able to really maximize the use of it because it, it, it goes into this little silo, this little black box of a podcast or of a video that kind of has one use. And maybe you can tweet about it. Maybe you can post it on social media. How do I really wring out the value, really get it in the hands of my sales team, my marketing team, my customer success team, my leadership team 
to get as much value out of it as possible, to really provide access to the people who need it, and then to understand how it's performing. I ran into that issue and I was like, surely there has to be something out there. There has to be a platform uh, that we could buy that can do this. And there wasn't. There was no plugin. There was no integration. There was no platform that did what I needed it to do. Not, not even close. So I, I left that role and all that I knew as a B2B marketer to go uh, sit in this seat as CEO and, and founder of Casted. So I, I had two co-founders come on and join me. One that, that built the, the product side of the business and one that runs the revenue side of the business. And the three of us together started this thing. It sounds like to me what you're describing is like a digital asset manager on steroids. Is that is that true? Am I am I centering my thoughts around that correctly? Yeah, we we have been called as such, um, literally even including the on steroids part. So um, we should probably use that in our in our marketing materials. Yeah. So we yes, you you publish um, and actually house all of your content, all of your audio and video content in Casted, and then you're able to do so much with it. Um, not only publish it and syndicate it, but ring it out, access it, uh, manage it, organize it, retrieve it, search through it, find what you already have so that you can use it over and over again and, and get more value out, out of it every time. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Well, tell me about that first product you built, the MVP, right? How long did it take you to build it and what sort of tools you used? And, and, you know, tell me about the process of bringing it to life. This is where my two co-founders are very, very, very lucky that that they joined me in this and that our partnership was really solid, especially from the early days. Is Because as, as our um, domain expert, as our... Um, our ideal customer, especially in the early days, I, I wanted everything. Like I wanted to build the whole thing. I had a very clear vision that I wanted to build that was actually very similar to what we have now, you know, two and a half years later. And so Adam and Zachary um, were really good at being like, okay, but less. Okay, but less. Okay, but but this is minimal. Like we need, this has to be a crumb of what that vision is. And we really need to, to really whittle it down. And so as heartbreaking as it was to me, <laughs> we had to, you know, peel away and peel away until we got down to like what, really is the minimum viable version of, of this vision that we can start with. What I think is really, really important, especially, you know, I, I'm not our technical founder, so I, I didn't have thoughts on, on what exactly we were going to build and how we could build it, but I had this vision and I knew the problem that we needed to solve, but I didn't want it to be based on my experience alone. So something that I, I highly recommend to any other founder or founding team is to do what we did, which is I, I spent the first five to seven weeks just talking to other marketers large companies, small companies, every role that I could, people that I knew, people that they knew saying, okay, audio and video content, specifically podcast content. That was, that was where we started because that's where we saw the most opportunity to plug a, a pretty, pretty big gap for, for B2B marketers. You know, would you, would you do a podcast? Have you done a podcast? Why, why not? What challenges have you seen? What would you want to see if you had a magic wand and you could create, you know, the ideal product, what would it be? And so we took all of those essentially interviews that I did with those marketers, I did 100, probably at least 75, probably over 100 in that those first one to two months. It was the best use of my time because what else was I going to do, right? Just other than try to dream up things on my own, I went out and talked to people. And then I, I brought back those notes um, and we turned that into the various, early, very, very earliest um notes and inspiration for our, our MVP. So we looked at the common threads and said, okay, we have Lindsay's vision and experience. And then we have these hundred marketers as data points to say, okay, here's what we're seeing most of all. Here's what we're seeing as the biggest problem. Let's start there. And, and that, that common thread is what became our, our MVP, which 
for us was a B2B podcast platform, you know, made, made specifically for B2B marketing teams. Um, there, that didn't exist, as crazy as that seems. It just didn't exist. So we started there uh, and added onto it as we went. You highlighted some things that I want to dig into, you know, about around deciding, okay, less, 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 right? Cutting features, you know, what is that minimum viable product? And, and there's a process you got to go through to make those decisions about, you know, okay, trade-offs of what you're going to build now versus build later and even technical debt and things like that or approach. So tell me about that process that you and your team went through and how you coped with those decisions. It was tough. We took the big vision and we acknowledged it, but then we said, okay, that's one piece. That's one piece and we can't lose sight of it. And there's, you know, there's a North star there and we can't lose sight of the vision, but when we're talking about MVP, we've got to, like you said, less, less, less. And so, like I mentioned, we took all of those interviews, all of those conversations. Um, Adam, who's our, our chief product officer, he started categorizing them and just looking for similarities and just tagging them as, okay, here's this, what we're, whatever we're calling this feature or this opportunity or this idea and just started organizing them. And just honestly, the one that came up the most won. And then we dug into it and said, okay, what what could we create quickly that would be valuable that we could start selling now that also acts as a foundation that we could start building on, right? And again, that was, that was a, a podcast platform, a hosting platform um, made specifically. And, and that, that was another common thread was not just a podcast platform. The world does not need any more of those. There are a lot of those. There were a lot of those. There will be a lot of those. But the biggest miss um, in the industry to date, and therefore our biggest opportunity, was one that's made for B2B marketing teams. And that was the unique advantage that, that we had, was understanding how those teams work. Um, from, from my experiences, Adam and Zachary had worked alongside marketers too. And then all of those marketers that we talked to it wasn't just like, I want a B2B podcast platform. It was like, I want something that does this. I want something that helps me in this way. I want something that serves my team in this way. And so from day one, we said, okay, no matter what we build, no matter how seemingly small it is at first, it's got to be built with the marketer in mind. So then from that point, you've got the first product with the marketer in mind. You've got the features you've built. How did you progress the product and mature it? And, and to kind of put that in a box of where I'm wanting you know, to go, how did you build your roadmap and decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build for Casted? We were really eager and really impatient and wanted to, again, especially me, wanting to add all the things right now. Adam was really great in saying, okay, here's, here's how we're going to build this thing. Here's how we're going to time box this. We're going to do, we're going to bite off little bites that we know how long it's going to take. We're going to take bets. Um, we're going to talk about our appetite to solve a specific problem. You know, we're not going to go boil the ocean tomorrow and have that be our next feature. We're going to take little bets. We didn't say, okay, we have our, our MVP. Now let's go add this huge feature to it. It's like, let's, let's add a small feature. Let's add a small feature. Let's add a small feature. And so he, he really held the boundaries on the process so that we didn't bite off more than we could chew more than specifically he and his team, his very small team at the time could chew and, and, and therefore accidentally you know, taking a bet that was way too big that could end up not selling and not being really what our audience wants. Right. He held true to the boundaries of, of what was possible, what was feasible without too much tech debt and that we knew we could produce. So that was that was his role in it. And then Zachary, who was going out and selling, um, he and myself were selling, but he really you know took the reins on that, was providing feedback. I'm like, okay, 
if we have a choice between product, you know, feature A, B, or C, I think that we're going to be most likely to sell product, you know, feature B. So let's let's take a bet on that. What can and then Adam would again, there's kind of this this back and forth of like we need feature B. Adam would say, okay, here's what I can give you about feature B. That's a small bite. That's feasible. What do we think? And then you know, I came into play and and with my background and my understanding of of the process and the need and and um, the opportunity. And also the people that I'd been speaking with kind of said, okay, how would this work? And how is this different than what already exists? And so little by little, that's what we did. And we made sure we could sell what we were building and that it would add real value to the product every step along the way. Well, let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? The story that I think all each of us, us being our founding team, so myself and Adam and Zachary, always we tell, find ourselves telling a lot, is that so I knew that I was going to go start this company. I, I left my job and you know kind of took on took this on, but I knew that regardless of how much vision I had and, and the change I wanted to see and all that, I couldn't build the thing because as I mentioned, I'm not the technical founder. Um, so when I was looking for whether it was a partners or co-founders or just product leader, I, I was looking around and talked to a lot of really great people, but I knew that that Adam and Zachary were the right co-founders um, to join me because the first time that we met in person to talk about this, we spent the first five, 10 minutes talking about the product opportunity and what we could build and um, the vision that I had for the company in the, the next hour talking about the type of workplace we wanted to build and the type of culture we wanted to build and the type of the opportunity we had to build a team and, and, and a workplace that we really wanted to exist in the world. And so um, that has really held true and been so foundational to who we are at Castit, who we are as a company, um, who we are as a brand, who we are for our customers is that our people really do come first. They're the center of, of everything we're doing. And so as we've talked to um, candidates, as we've hired, as we've built out the team, you know, we have 42 people now, um, that, that kind of hard to put your finger on, but you know, it when you see it, commitment to wholeheartedness and um, resourcefulness and curiosity, um, collaboration, but also a desire for autonomy, like um, real, real care and compassion for um for, for each other, yeah, for this for this rocket ship that we're all building together, but really for showing up for each other, that has been all the difference. And um, that seems like very soft and very, you know, how do you, how do you get your arms around it? But it has made all the difference. This team of people is so exceptional and so talented, but especially with the last, you know, two years we've all had as, as a world, um, the way that they've shown up for each other really, really, really has been uh, a difference maker because, when you give each other the the ability to take a step back, you give each other the ability to take the breaks that you need. Um, when you are there, when you are in your seat, when you are coding or building or writing or whatever it is, you're able to show up that much stronger. And so, um, yeah, that's that's been huge. And I think a lot of a lot of companies, it's easy to say to jump right in and say, okay, how, do, how are we going to bring people on that are going to help us grow faster? And I think what's been a difference for us is how do we bring people on that are going to make our culture even that are going to hold true to this culture. That's so important um, as we do hard things and grow really fast. So let's flip to scalability. 
So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one? And that can be, you know, technology, infrastructure, or people, or or a company. Did you build it to scale efficiently from day one? Or are you fighting this as you grow and gain traction? I think we'll only really know that question years from now when we look back and say, oh gosh, yeah, we really had to redo that thing that we thought we were building to scale, didn't we? We and, and I have always tried to build to scale. Um, we've we've asked that question a lot. You know, how is this going to scale? Um, what what about this decision that we're about to make or this thing that we're building, whether it's product or team or you know a, a financial decision? What are we potentially going to have to undo later? You know, what what tech debt are we getting into, or some other version uh, of debt are we getting into? So we've always tried tried to build to scale. We've tried to be efficient. Uh, so far, that served us pretty well. We've continued to look for ways to keep that going, especially at the stage we're at now. Those decisions are even more important. Um, yeah, we've always, we've always tried to build a scale. Well, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? See, I just went on my big soapbox about the team. <laughs> um, it, it's the team, though. It's the team. It's the workplace. I mean, and how how that's experienced not only in our team, but by our customers, right? So um, do I get really excited when I see something um, published about the product? I mean, we just launched a category. So a whole new category, a whole new approach to how we believe um, B2B marketing will be shaped from here on out, right? So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of um, our growth. I'm proud of um, just the successes that we've had on paper and with the product. I'm proud of that. But nothing makes me happier, more like real genuine joy than seeing the way that people interact with each other in and around Casted. So when our, our board comes and interacts with our team and sees how happy people are here and how collaborative people are here. We had a board meeting, our first one in person um, in November, and they came into our brand new office and our team showed up because they they wanted to be a part of it. You know, they didn't shy away from the board being here. I think that's awesome. And um, there was a lot of interaction and collaboration. And um, when I hear our our customers are happy with the experiences that they're getting with our team, um, good, bad, or otherwise, as far as the as far as how the product is performing. If they're getting great relationship um, responsiveness and, and, and trustworthiness and, and credibility from our team, like that's so great. So, yeah, when I think about what I'm proudest of, it's it is this team and this culture and the way that it's experienced by by our casted crew and um, by the customers that we interact with. Well, let's flip the script a little bit. So tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. You know, I think heading into what became the pandemic and see, it ended up being a year and 10 months for us, I think, of, of remote work unplanned um, before we went hybrid and opened our office. We made so many mistakes, tons of mistakes as far as, um, you know, assumptions around what people would want and how people would want to um collaborate and how they would want to show up and what people would need. And I don't even know if that's avoidable. Um, I and we tried really hard to communicate and over communicate and say, hey, let's have these daily touch bases or weekly, you know, all hands just to see each other's faces. And, um, you know, that's that's not always for everyone. All you can do is the best you can do. And the more authentic you are all the way through it, uh, the more genuine you are, the more people know that your heart is in the right place, even if you fumble or um, don't do what would be best for a specific person or a specific, you know, um, team or department. 
then you can get through it best. And I think that we've navigated things well, but I think I'm sure we made a ton of mistakes um, navigating the last two years. Um, and I can only hope that we'll grow from it and continue to be stronger as a result. So what does the future look like for the product and for the team? So I truly believe that what we are doing um, at Casted, you know, and, and with Amplified Marketing, which says, hey, the old way of, of approaching B2B marketing where it's all about algorithms over audiences and conversions before connection and just more, 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 more content, being really inefficient about how things are used or repurposed. That's the old way. That's what content marketing and B2B marketing has become. The future is Amplified Marketing, which is this category that we we launched early in November to say, hey, what if you start with conversations like what you and I are doing right now? And what if that conversation is captured and published, but it's also rung out? It's also amplified across other channels. It's repurposed and reused and recycled later, you know, for, for other reasons and other needs. What if I'm able to amplify the reach of my content and therefore amplify the revenue that it drives? That's the future of BB Marketing, and Casted is is the first and, and only platform to support that approach to marketing, to say, hey, you go create really rich, creative, authentic content that serves your audiences, that drives uh, what your brand stands for. We'll be the platform where that lives, where it's amplified, where it's measured, where it's accessed by the creators and the salespeople and the CX team and other marketing teams throughout the business. That's the future of Casted is being that platform for every mid-market and, and enterprise business around the world and to really be the steward of amplified marketing um, as it becomes the way forward for brands that are approaching marketing as we know it. Let's switch to you, Lindsay. Who influences the way that you work? You know, a CEO, an architect, a, really any person that you look up to and why? You, you mentioned, like, who are you outside of work? And so it's, it's funny, I really, like, tried to make this, like, a leader that I have worked with. But the, the first place that my mind went to, and I think probably the, the, the most honest answer, is my family. When you're talking about influencing the way you work and influencing how you work and when you work, I don't know if anybody has more influence over that than my kids. They are what I'm doing before work. They're they're what I'm doing after work, and they're my biggest cheerleaders. You know, I have a ten year old that that literally says like I want to be a CEO someday, just like you. And those are words I never thought I would hear come from my kids. Truly, I have incredible leaders. I have incredible co-founders. I have an incredible team. I have great investors. Um, I have a coach uh, that I think every every leader should have a coach in some way, shape, shape, or form that absolutely each one of them drive me to be better, drive me to be smarter, to make better decisions, to grow and mature, and hopefully do that all faster than the business. Um, but when it comes to who who's influencing me, uh, it's got to be my kids. Well, we talked about a mistake earlier, um, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? See, that, that's a hard one for me because um, there are things. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I don't know. But like I, and speaking of my coach, um, if she was listening, she would be laughing because I am so future oriented. I am always thinking about like, what are we going to do differently in the future? How are we going to change things for the future? How are we going to, how are we going to move forward, I, that I have a really hard time looking back because whatever 
whatever we've done or whatever I've done personally or professionally, I, I am just such a believer that it's it's how we got to where we are now, right? So that's a really hard one for me to answer as far as like, oh, if I if we had done this thing differently, because who knows where we would be now as a result. Um, but gosh, I think I would, you know, we, something that's really tangible because I went really like ethereal with like the mistakes that we made before. For example, we, we saw a huge opportunity with B2B podcasting. Um, it was there, it, it was real. We, we absolutely jumped on it and became the first and only B2B podcast platform made for B2B marketing teams. And what that did is that that really put us in, um, on the map as B2B podcasting where the vision has always been for audio and video. And that's where we are now. And so now we're, we're working hard to say, Hey, it's not, it's not just audio, it's audio and video. And and beyond that, it's really a full on marketing platform. You know, it's, it's not whatever box you want to put us into. Um, so perhaps that, I think that's something really tangible that, you know, maybe we could have started on from a messaging standpoint sooner, but again, um, we're doing, we're doing pretty good now. So I don't, I don't, I hesitate to think about what I would change. Well, last question, Lindsay. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're super jazzed about it. Can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? So I have this motto, mantra to live by that that I did not pick that descended upon me, gosh, years ago, a couple years before starting Casted. And I just found myself saying it a lot and feeling it a lot. And so I just owned it. And it's boldly be yourself. It sounds really cheesy. It sounds really duh. Like, of course I'm going to be myself. But the boldly part is that it's so easy to, in in any part of your life, just if you're a human, to try to, to feel like you need to be someone else that, someone that whoever else around you wants you to be. But especially in this role, especially if you're a first-time founder and you're, you're raising capital, you're trying to sell your product, you're trying to recruit people to come join you on this crazy rocket ship that you, you are certain you're going to build but looks you know pretty crazy to everybody else. It's really tempting to become whoever any of those various people or audiences want you to be. But the more true you are to yourself, and if that vision is yours, that's a part of who you are. Like, so stay true to that vision. Stay true to who you truly are and do it boldly because that's part of your story. And at the end of the day, that that will actually be the reason that people get behind you. Fantastic advice. Well, Lindsay, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Casted. Thank you so much for humoring me in my babbling about Casted. <laughs> it's good to be here. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash code story for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>